Welcome back to the Damn Good Dogcast. This is your host, Robert Reynolds. What a show we've got today. We are bringing in Stacy from the Tide Talk podcast, uh, talking Bama football and the college football playoff expansion. We're going to have a discussion about that. Um, Stacy, before we jump in, introduce, uh, I'd like to welcome you on the show uh, and tell people you know, more about the podcast that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to do this with you. Yeah, we... We have a, a podcast there just kind of dedicated to Alabama, much like you are dedicated to Georgia, just our favorite team. And we love talking about, you know, Alabama athletics and uh, most most importantly the football team and uh, talking about all the championships that they've won over the last few years under Coach Nick Saban. So it's an exciting time to host an Alabama podcast, that's for sure. I, I, you know, I absolutely agree. Obviously with the preseason, you know, it's still way too um, early. You know, people were hyped up, you know, just obviously – around the corner with recruiting and things like that. But let's talk a, let's talk a brief rundown because I think it's going to get pretty juicy talking about college football playoffs. Right. How did Bama, you know, what you what you saw uh, in regards to, you know, to Bama's situation in the spring. Uh, you know, you lose Metal, you lose or sorry, you lose Waddle, you lose uh, Devontae Smith, Najee, you know, all those guys. How how are those how are those positions looking to be filled? Like is everything going smooth? You would say? Yeah, I, I would say. Uh, I was actually on a, a Miami Hurricane podcast last week, kind of doing. You know, that's said they played the first game of the year, kind of talking a little bit about the the team. And uh, right now, I would say, obviously losing Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle at, at wide receiver. Those those are two big time playmakers. You know, taken there early in the first round. Quarterback taking number fifteen overall. Running back taking uh, number twenty four overall. Uh, Alex Leatherwood was taken. Leatherwood was taken there in the first round. So a lot of talent there on the offense has been, you know, is gone now. So obviously Bryce Young is now going to be stepping in at quarterback. He looked pretty solid there during the scrimmage, uh, the, the few scrimmages and the eight-day game there uh, during spring. The offensive line is probably what I would say is I was most concerning. And, and of course, when you recruit the way Alabama and Georgia do. When you say concerning, it's really not the same as, as other programs. Uh, the talent is there, but on the offensive line, and you know this, it's it's all about continuity and chemistry. Uh, Album is, is losing Alex Leatherwood, uh, Deontay Brown, and Landon Dickerson off that offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award. So a lot of talent is gone. A lot of experience is gone. So getting that offensive line – uh, situated out when it, when we get to fall, that's going to be the one thing I'm really looking at the most. And of course, replacing Devonte Smith and, and Jalen Waddle out wide. We have John Mechie back, who who had nearly a thousand yards last year as kind of that third option. Jaleel Billingsley is back as the tight end, kind of a hybrid wide receiver type guy, at six four two thirty. Uh, Cameron Latou is a guy that I would look out for. He's another tight end there. Uh, you could really make a, you know, with Bryce Young, probably going to see more of a style of offense with, like we had with Tua with the RPO and quick game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cameron Latou could make some plays across the middle of the field. So really excited to see the talent that Alabama has. And, of course, it's just about putting putting it all together. And you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not a team and you don't have great continuity, you know, it really don't matter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think with, you know, Bama, everybody understands the situation. It'll get some, it's a system. And there really seems to be no stopping it. You know, like you can replace, you know, coordinators. You can replace uh, t- 
tons of talent on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, and you never miss a beat. And I think that's one of the things that Bama has over basically everybody else. You know, I think there's maybe you look at Clemson and Clemson even struggled. You know, obviously the, t- the teams that are national title contenders, honestly, I hate to say it, but I think that's what separates Bama from the rest. Um, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how the, you know, the spring comes around uh, or in the start of the season comes around, I should say, um, you know, and see how Bryce Young develops. Right. Like, I think, right. you know, you look at Mac Jones, you look at uh, Jalen Hurts, you look at Tua, you know, they came in or Tua came in right away and had success and, you know, lasted. But Mac Jones kind of sat back and waited and it worked out. So you kind of see both ends of the spectrum but still producing the same amount of success. And, and and that's something that I think a true national title contender has to have. And, you know, kind of to compare here, obviously Georgia and Bama are always going to compare for, for whatever reason. But, you know, I, I look at the situation where, you know, at least according to our spring day, you never take away too much from a spring right. day. But, you know, you see some consistency in the quarterback position. Uh, you know, previous years, you know, when we had Fromm, you know, who was behind him, right? That was one of our biggest questions. And if he got hurt, you know, I, I would have believed that our season would have been doomed, like, immediately. Um, you know, and last year we didn't have JT uh, for the most of the year. Uh, so you had, you know, you had that inconsistency at quarterback, and, you and, you know, and it kind of showed, right? Like, you, you look at the Bama game last year with Stetson, and, and he did very – he did well in the in the first half, but he just couldn't complete, the you know, the whole game, uh, wow. and he kind of fell apart there. So, you know, finding that consistency, and I think you'll understand this as well easily – you know, consistency at the quarterback position can literally get you a national title. And I think if, if you're a Georgia fan listening, I think this year with, with JT being as competent he is, as he is, I should say, I think this is a really good shot here. I, but obviously it goes through Atlanta, and I, and I have a feeling that more likely it's going to go through you and, and Alabama again. Yeah, and, and to me this is uh... – just kind of an outsider looking in. This this is Georgia's year. If if to me, if Kirby Smart's going to get him one in Georgia, it's going to be this year. Uh, like you said, JT Daniels, an experienced quarterback, a guy that's super talented, uh, plenty of weapons there on, on the offensive side of the ball, and of course, you know the, the Georgia defense is going to be one of the tops in the country. So, you, Georgia has the makings of a national championship contender. It's just about getting over that hump, and winning a championship is hard. And and I know that. Uh, you know, some Alabama fans can take, you know, kind of take it take it lightly, all the championships they want. It's not easy. It's not easy to win a championship. And and the fact that they're that they've been able to do that, you know, with Saban there was it six times in fourteen years, just incredible. It's it, it's so hard to win a championship and, and get over that hump. And, you know, at first Florida and, and, and Urban Meyer was that obstacle for Nick Saban and Right now, uh, Nick Saban is kind of that obstacle, obstacle for Kirby Smart, and you know one day he could he could get over that obstacle. And obviously, one day Saban's going to lose to an assistant coach. And if I had to put money on it, it would be Kirby Smart. Yeah, I don't really think I, I don't see uh, really any competition in, in regards to an assistant beating him. Um, you know, I think Kirby has the best shot, like you said as well. Uh, it's just a matter of you know, and, and you look back at the previous games, right? And we'll do this quick, and then we'll get into the juicy part. I can't wait for this. But you know, you look back at the national title game. You look back at the SEC championship game, twenty eighteen. You know, the thing about it is, and, and and I was having conversations with different folks too. Georgia needs to keep their foot on the gas. Yeah. And if 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 Georgia can show that they can keep their foot on the gas and keep scoring points and don't play conservatively, Georgia will 
I think then project to the next level of potentially winning uh, a national title. And, you know, and you look at the national title. Look, there were some questionable calls, and I mean like fourth and 11 fake punt. You know, the Tyler Simmons thing that still gets debated between Georgia fans. He was on sides. You know, whatever the case may be, what happens, happened. But if, if Georgia can sit there and, and do the right things, right, I think you keep your foot on the gas. There's no question about it. Georgia has the potential to win a national title. And, look, it's been so – it's been 1980, and you hear it all the time. And I get it. Georgia fans are beyond ready to win a title. And with the talent that we have, I think it's rightfully deserved. Yeah. Uh, the situation you got to earn it obviously you know it's not easy you've said that uh you know and georgia has has tasted that right there but it got taken away so you know obviously looking forward to this year you know seeing what happens i think georgia's had the most stacked lineup that i've seen uh roster wise uh in in quite some time uh receiver depth you know tight ends with darnell washington running backs is always loaded and that's not a question again you know obviously you have some questions along the secondary which you know, turnage uh, we just got from yeah. Bama. Uh, hey, he's so a really I, good player. I, I hated to see him go, but he's 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 a really good player. Yeah, now I was looking at his tape. Obviously, there was not a lot of experience in tape wow. from Bama, but, you know, looking into him when he was in high school and things like that, you can kind of see why he was All-American, you know, mm-hmm. long, fast, things like that, kind of prototypical Kirby Smart uh, secondary. Wow. Uh, and, and really the main thing is smart. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you look at that, and Kirby knows what he wants with, his, uh, with the DBs, um, you know, Kirby was one himself, so I think he understands what he needs in the in the system for the cornerbacks and safeties. And, and you know, with obviously with the addition of Tyke Smith from West Virginia for us as well, you you might not have the experience while Tyke brings it, but you, you've got a tons of talent and you know basically basically the, the intelligence, right? I think that's a key too. Um, but experience goes a long way, and we're about to find out September fourth right. what Clemson can bring to us because Justin right. Ross and company, as you know can cause some problems. Absolutely. That, that, I cannot wait for that game. How about that opening weekend? It is <laughs> intense, man. Holy shit. It, it is, is crazy. I, I'm looking that forward same, to that. That same day you uh, you play in uh, Atlanta uh, right, and take Miami. on Miami. Yeah. And so it's, it's one, of be a lot of there, one of the yeah, questions I have there is De'Eric King. I think depending on how he comes back, right. if, he, if he's there for the game, I think that becomes an interesting game. Right, if Derek is not able to play, I think it's I think it's going to get ugly. If I think De'Eric King for Miami is that much of an is that important? Uh, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a difference maker for sure. Uh, and, oh, and absolutely, I, like, like I mentioned, I was on a Miami Hurricane podcast last week, and and that's what we talked about. I said with De'Eric King, it's a totally different game. It, it, you know, if he plays, it's a totally different game than if he doesn't play. And uh, I expect that game if if he plays, it'll go till middle to the late third quarter before Alabama starts pulling away, you know, like they, they normally do against opponents. And uh, I can see that being a pretty tough game for Alabama out the gate, especially uh, the, the offensive line situation. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when they played Duke there in Atlanta to start the season. Yeah, was, it was yeah. much like what this year is going to be like, breaking in a few new offensive linemen, a few new guys around the offense and – it took a couple games to get their feet underneath them and get some consistency and some continuity built up. But once they got it built up, they they, they played, you know, great. But that first game is a little tricky. It's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. No, and, you know, looking back at Duke, that was a that was a blowout waiting to happen. I knew that was coming. But, you know, I think you – obviously, you know, we'll, we'll transition into this. You know, you, the first week of the, the regular season, right, Georgia-Clemson, that's a playoff game in itself. And right. then, you know, you sit there and – 
Um, you know, you look at Bama versus Miami. Now, I don't believe Miami is going to be a title contender. Uh, do I think they're top 25? Yes. But you're looking at it right here, though. You're prepping for big games and ready for the playoffs. You know, and, and for us, we don't have the biggest schedule, right? Like, we don't have the hardest schedule this year. We have Clemson to start, which if we can win Clemson, I think we're almost a lock, in my opinion, right. uh, unless just something crazy and drastic happens. But, um, you know, you look at, you know, the situation leading into the playoffs, SEC championship game, you know, if we lose come September 4th, it's a, it's a do or die, as always, what's been mm-hmm. like for us in the SEC championship game. Um, so, you know, kind of obviously transition into the playoffs here. You know, I, I, I'm making my prediction, and I'll do it officially later, but I have a feeling that Georgia will make the playoffs. Okay. Um, depending on if it's a two-seed or one-seed or four-seed, I don't really care. I'm just going to make the prediction now uh, unofficially that we will. But, yeah. You know, and that kind of talks into what we're coming to talk about, the main thing here, and that's college football playoffs and the, the obviously the talk about expansion. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, I'm an advocate for, you know, I think that we should expand. Uh, and there's several reasons, and I think we can talk about them. Uh, and I know, if I'm not mistaken, you're the one that wants to keep it the same way. So this is right. where it gets interesting. So for, from, my, from my standpoint, I want to hear why you think um, the college football playoffs should not expand. Well, I, and and to even kind of go, I, I would I would be in favor of actually going back to like the BCS system, or even you know, kind of like we talked off air, uh, using the BCS formula to to pick the four teams that are in the playoff. I would be okay with that. But the the biggest reason that I would be wanting to keep it the way it is is, uh, well, there's really just there's two main points: is how many games are we, are we really wanting these these kids to play? Yeah, we, we we're gonna if we're gonna expand the playoff, we're gonna have to cut back on the regular season. We can't expect these college students to to play more than fifteen games in a year. And you know if that means cutting, you know they're not gonna cut out the SEC championship game. That's that's a huge money maker right there. So yeah. uh, <laughs> they're gonna have to. There's a lot of ins and outs that has to be fixed. But I, one one point I want to make is how many games do we want these college kids to play? And another thing is is on any given year, how many teams do you legitimately think are national championship worthy? And and what I mean by that is like, all right, going into this season, how many teams do you think, if if you had to list teams, you could say, yeah, that they could win the championship. On any given year, I don't see that being more than two or three. I mean, if you if you're being completely honest. So I just I'm afraid we're going to water it down. It's all it's still going to be a great game because it's college football. I mean, that, I'm not I'm not worried about the, uh, you know, the it ruining college football. I don't think that's what it is. I'm worried about how are we going to adjust the number of games that these kids are playing, and why are, why are we concerned with a with rewarding teams that are really not championship worthy to begin with? I see your point because I think you look at last year, right? Now, obviously, 2020 was just a weird fucking year. It really uh, was. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, you look at you look at the, you know, you had Oklahoma that could have been. I think at the end of the year, Oklahoma was a team that you didn't want to see. Sure, and, sure. Uh, so you had Oklahoma covering the Big 12. And then, obviously, the SEC, uh, Big 10 with uh, and ACC. You know, ACC, I've always gotten the rap that I just don't believe they're the toughest conference by any means. Mm-hmm. But Clemson, until you beat them, you know what I mean? Like, it is what right. it is. So, you know, you look at, 
the situation of, you know, obviously where it stands now, the fourth, uh, four teams. And, and typically those are, you know, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. So basically you have every other school fighting for that one playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So I think what happens is, you know, you see the same three teams, right? And I, at the end of the day, I understand you have to beat those teams to get in. So I understand that. But I think what's happening is you're not careful. You're cutting off, uh, especially when it comes playoff time. You know, you're cutting off, you know, viewership in in all those all the regions. Because if let's be honest, it's it's generally re, uh, located in the southeast. Yeah. You know, Clemson, Bama, Georgia's in there. You know, obviously Ohio State being uh, up north a little bit, and then you know Oklahoma's in the south, but in the middle, in the center of the uh, country. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, you know, when you see Bama, Georgia, you see you know, Bama, Clemson, Clemson, Ohio State, it's generally like centralized down in the Southeast. So your, your fans out West don't give a shit yeah. fans up North and in the uh, Southwest don't give a shit. So they're not going to view it. And, and I think that's what happened last year uh, with this past season. I should say the, the viewership dropped substantially, right. uh, you know, obviously uh, whether you can contribute, no fans in the stands kind of taken away from the atmosphere or, you know, just you would think that people would want to tune in anyway, but that didn't happen in the, in the viewership drop. And I think that's because if you're not careful, it's becoming stale. Uh, and and I, to your point, I know you're talking about, you know, who deserves it. But, you know, there were some situations here where, you know, you had UCF, right? UCF yeah. sat there and they, you know, went undefeated, but they got basically got set down and no, you're not worthy of it. So, uh, you know, you look at that, uh, but taking into context here, you know, I've, you hear these systems talking about, you know, just to expand to eight, you know, where your f- power five conference championships, uh, you know, your champions get, you know, those five spots. Then you get the highest ranked uh, group of five, right, for your sixth spot and then two at large. Uh, you know, you, so you hear that. Right. And one of the things that, you know, you can look at it in a sense of, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the Pac-12 isn't ready to win a title. Right. Nobody's close. But you're. We know this. They're money hungry as hell. So mm-hmm. you look at that and, you know, you open up the, you know, USC, right? You know, or Oregon. Let's just say Oregon because they're, in my opinion, the most relevant in the Pac-12. Right. You know, you get you get Oregon's fan base involved, you know, and then it becomes more, you know, expanded in, in literal terms, right, like throughout the country. Um, so that's where I'm looking at it in that way right there. Now, you know, you look at the group of five, and, you know, like Coastal Carolina was a shock last year, uh, you know, but Cincinnati, Cincinnati in the bowl game against Georgia, that was one of the toughest games we played all year. Not even close. Uh, you had Bama, but you get what I'm saying. From a group of five yeah. school, you know, we didn't know what to expect and they showed out. Right. So you look at the defense. They had a very good defense. That team right there, I think, could have beat a Florida. They could have beat, uh, you know, I don't know about Oklahoma at the time, but yeah. you know, they played damn good football. And you know, it's kind of a interesting thing to see if you can include that group of five, right? Situationally, I would say, because you sit there if, if a if a group of five school was ranked, you know, out of the twenty five, and that's the highest one, why put them in, right? So if you set like a like a standard, right? If a, if a power right. or a group of five school is in the top twenty five, the highest ranked, but if if no if no group of five for some reason is in the top twenty five, then you just go three at large. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, the, the, and I think it gives a smaller school something to look forward to, like a Cincinnati, UCF, um, you know, Coastal Carolina. Hell, Coastal Carolina look good, uh, especially against BYU. I know, but you know, you give those schools, the smaller schools, the you know, the spotlight a little bit, and I think it helps recruiting. 
you know, and, and I love recruiting and you probably know this mm. too, but you, you it helps recruiting and you get basically, you get more spotlight and it brings parity, I, I guess. And, you know, from a st- standpoint of where like kid can go to Bama or he can go to hell, he can go to Cincinnati and it's like, Hey, we're going to make the playoffs kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's what my standpoint is. Yeah, well, it, let me. I'm gonna. You know, obviously, we're kind of we, we we have a different views, which makes for for good for good. Uh, you know, a live stream. But uh, how many starters was Georgia out against Cincinnati in that game? Uh, there were several. Um, yeah, See, uh, some of it may have been injury too. But I mean, right. you did have several uh, sitting out. Yeah, that's. I mean, how how close is that game if Georgia is is full strength? Are you talking about with with Cincinnati? With Cincinnati, right? I don't know. You know, in in hindsight, that that no, and I'm you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Cincinnati. They were obviously a very good football no, they, team. Yeah, they 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 wanted that game more. I think. And, and, and see, that's that's kind of my point here. Georgia was without several key players. Obviously, Georgia had was the only team that had everything to lose. They, I mean, Georgia had nothing to gain by beating Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the only t- team who had. You know something to you know gain by winning that game, so they had all the motivation, and and Georgia was still able to win that game despite. I mean, they were a little sloppy in the game, and, and a lot of that goes to Cincinnati, but but Georgia still wins that game despite not being full strength, despite not really having the motivation that you would normally have in a in a in a game. So well, I don't want to water down our playoff system to let a team like Cincinnati in and, and like I said, I'm not trying to take anything. They're 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 a really good football team. Coastal Carolina yeah. was a really good football team, but are they a championship football team? Fair enough. I, you know, and one of the things that you were talking about here that kind of adds to my side of the debate in this theory was is this. You know, you look at you look at these guys opting out and you don't yeah. really see that with the playoff teams. Right. However, the teams that just miss out and, and Georgia's been on this side of the situation too. Where we finished, you know, in Texas and in this year, you finished fifth. You know, you, you feel like you should have been in, and in that letdown, you know, most of the kids will sit there and opt out. So you, you know, you kind of see what happened with Florida, right? The only, you know, Florida was like that. You know, they, oh, they yeah. opted out. My thing is, if you, I'm just saying, if you opt or you opt to expand to eight, you know, I think you see less opt outs, especially with the teams that, you know, that are in the playoffs. There's something there to play for that's a legitimate shot. So yeah. I think you see better quality football. It's just yeah, a matter I, I, of how I agree with that. Receiving. But but then you're still only you're there's still what still around thirty other bowl games where players are still opting out. Even well, if you but add, it's going to cut down that right there. I think because I mean let's be honest here. I would love to see less. You know, no opt outs, right? Because that's absolutely. where you get the full strength teams. You get better mm-hmm. quality football. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, if you're looking at that, you kind of you know you you kind of create this gap. I would say where, you know, if you have eight teams in the playoffs, you know, those eight teams, more than likely those guys are going to stay if they can play, right. They're going to stay in, you know, now you might see teams that are outside of the top or out of the Mm -hmm. group of eight there, but at the end of the day, you know, who's to say that those teams, you know, probably knew it was coming. Like, you know, you see a two loss, like for instance, of a two loss Florida team, right. You Mm -hmm. sit there and and you, there's no way to get to the SEC championship. You know, maybe that's probably understanding. You see it coming. Like you, you, if like Georgia, when we got fifth, we thought we were the fourth best team, and I thought so. And when yeah. we weren't, there was there was that emotional aggravation. And, and I think it real. And, and when we played Baylor, we got our asses handed to because so many guys opted out, and there was nothing yeah. to play for. Right. So, you know, obviously you're going to have that situation 
uh, where teams feel like they're better than that and, and they get left out. You're going to have that because, you know, it's, it's an inclusive group. But I think if you do the eight, you, you get better quality football up top. And I think that's what drives the money. Yeah, for, for sure. But in but like I said, you're still you're helping four other teams prevent opt outs, and they're still. I mean, I'm not even sure how many ball games we have now. It seems like a hundred. So damn many. I, I right. So I mean, so the, the all those teams are still going to be effective. So are affected by that. So now you're really only you're you're preventing four other teams from not having opt outs. So and and. You know, so there's still going to be plenty of opt-outs around the country. So it's not going to fix the opt-out problem. It's it's you're you're now allowing teams like Cincinnati, who at their very be- at their very best couldn't beat a Georgia team who was at their what 75. percent I mm-hmm. mean, if we're being truthful, and and a team that didn't have motivation. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Um, I think the curious the curious thing that makes me interested to see what happens if you have an expansion. Uh, to the playoffs, it, it goes down to recruiting. So, for instance, you know, Cincinnati, you know, come in and, and should have won that game, but Georgia came back and win, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you were talking about the 75% basically compared to their team and whatnot. So, you know, you have that point. But what's to say if, if for Cincinnati was eight seed, if I'm not – or they were eight ranked. So what if they were in the, in the playoffs, right? So they go to the playoffs, but, you know, obviously outside of the game, Let's just focus on other things outside of that physical game. Okay. You you open up better recruiting, and you open up the recruits, and, and you look at high, you know, better recruiting. I think I think it would translate to that. I think you know the revenue generated from being in those games can allow you know facility expansions and things like that. What we're seeing with Bama and Georgia and, and Auburn, uh, Auburn just uh, decided to break ground on uh, a facility opening in twenty twenty two. So you see the arms race is in full effect. That's no question. But it, it gives these teams like a Cincinnati or, you know, say if Coastal Carolina made it to the top eight or whatever the case may have been, you know, you give those schools a chance to somewhat catch up. But the recruits, you know, you could see that where, you know, the kids would go there because they see that, you know, if I, we, we could sustain greatness and make it to the playoffs, show, you know, show them why we're here. You know, obviously play that underdog effect. But I think if you raise the recruiting, then it becomes a situation where, you know, that team, even if they're, you know, even if they're in the eighth spot, right, even if, you know, you're getting better quality football and it might raise it up uh, to the point where you could eventually become, you know, a, a title contender. Um, and obviously with the transfer portal, you look at the transfer portal, you know, the, the bigger schools, your Georgias, your Bamas, you see in this, guys are opting, you know, deciding to transfer a lot. And, and I think that's becoming your norm. You're going to see a lot of guys transferring out especially these bigger schools that are going to drop down and go to other places. You, you look at those guys that can sit there and go, for, you know, what if Turnage would have been like, I want to go to Cincinnati because they have a, they, they can make it to the playoffs. Then you're adding elite talent to these teams and you're going to build that team up to make them more competitive. And ultimately I think you kind of even that, that flat gap out, you, you kind of flatten that gap. If you I, I, I think, I think you, th- that is a good point. I think you would narrow the gap between, you know some of the, these teams like Alabama compared to like Cincinnati, but but uh, kind of my final I guess thought on the whole expansion thing is is you know how long I mean let's just go back 120 years since around 1900. Okay. Um, let's just think about the when you think about national championship winning programs, 
you think about the same five to ten programs. Everybody in the country thinks about the five to ten different programs. You got your Alabama, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, USC, USC. So it's, maybe maybe Miami, maybe Miami. Yeah, you can you can include them. Nebraska. You still hear Nebraska thrown around like right. So, but for the most part, all those teams are still in the hunt every year. For the most part, yeah. I mean, to some. And we've had how many different ways have we found to crown a national championship? Yet here we are still talking about the same handful of teams every year. I'll tell you what, though, and, and we talked offline about this, so I'm going to let everybody hear this. I'm telling you, I always was under the impression that the BCS system, yeah. while you only had two teams, it seemed that every BCS championship was a damn good game. Yeah. So I, in I, my when opinion, did they get it wrong? I, when, I, when did they ever get it wrong? You know, that's the interesting thing. So I look at it this way. If I could make my own prediction or system, mm-hmm. you can expand it to eight, right? You can expand it to eight. But instead of a committee, right. that, that you could really have some bias there. Right. Put the unintentional BCS system bias. into effect. I mean, I don't even think it's intentional bias. I think it's unintentional bias. I mean, I mean you look at the – I'm not going to – I'm not bashing Alabama. I get this. But the year y'all won the title, when we were number one seed, y'all were came in in the four. You, you know, the thing about it is – and this is where the you have this bias for these bigger schools. Bama, in my opinion, should have been at fifth or so like that leading into the – you know, leading into the selection – Obviously, hindsight, you know, y'all did win, but you know, you look at it, you didn't. You know, Bama didn't even play an SEC championship, but they got pushed over and into the fourth seed. So I'm not saying that y'all didn't deserve it. I'm just saying it's you, two lost Bama team made it into the fourth spot. Uh, no, it was a one loss, wasn't one it? One loss, lost to yeah. Auburn the very the last game. Yeah, of y'all lost to Auburn, and then Auburn took over in the championship. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you know, a one loss Bama team, you know, jumps in. So. That was a situation where, you know, Georgia would have loved to have that, you know, 2018. <laughs> but, you know, you look at well, that yeah, see, and, and here's the thing with the expansion. Alabama would have been in the playoff. That, if we had eight, they'd have been in there. Oh, well, absolutely. So, but I mean, he, it's it, – and, and, and this is kind of part of the, the – the, what I'm, I'm the Alabama fan in me. And I try to, I try to look at every situation, you know, you know as, as clear as I possibly can. But this is my – Alabama side of it, and and maybe this is just the the you know arrogant Alabama fan. You know, yep. it, it seems like everybody's trying to create a situation where it's harder for Alabama to win a championship. If you expand the playoff, you're just making it easier. They're always going to be in. I mean, yeah. well, you know, that's the thing though. I, I look at the eight. You know, you give it a shot, but you give it more. You know, more shit can happen with eight yeah. teams, right? You know, you look at – I look at this right here. You have your four seeds and then the bottom four, right? So, maybe you sit there and have your five versus your eight, six, and seven. That You know, then that team goes against the, the three or the four, right? And then you kind of move it that way. Look at March Madness. Or, hell, just follow the FCS. Just right. follow the FCS playoffs. The, the At least the, the template there. Right. You know, and how that impacts the season. I think, you know, maybe you, maybe you move away from a cupcake game and, and you know, you take that game away – you know, move Which push. I'm, every in favor. I'm in favor of that. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the the cupcake games are beneficial, right? It helps yeah. provide, you know, gets our depth like for these bigger programs. It gives us a chance to get our depth, playing time, and experience. And, and it, it honestly gives it gives the smaller schools a payday, right? right. You know? Yeah, big time. So it, it's beneficial. Right. But if if you're looking in the grand scheme of things, and I see this coming now, 
Georgia started this. Bama's starting to do this. You're starting to see these huge marquee non-out-of-conference out of games. Mm-hmm. Georgia did this with Ohio State. You've got Clemson again. You've got Oklahoma. You're seeing the huge name, marquee names getting brought up. And right. I, I think that's the way that the, the season is coming. I, I think that's just what's going to have to happen. Teams are going to have to have better schedules to make it into the playoffs. And I think yeah. with that, you look at a two-loss team that's viable to make it into the playoffs based off of their strength of schedule. Right. If you bring in, I would tell you, I would love to see, you know, uh, Clemson and, and Georgia and then hell and Oklahoma, Georgia in the same year. That's insane. And that's yeah. money being brought into these schools, especially if you do home and homes. Right. You know, you look at a, You look at a Bama, Bama and Texas. Right. That's yep. two huge programs. Right. Huge programs. The, that the revenue starts year, year. home and home would be insane. Hey, that starts next year. Next year, Alabama travels to Texas, and then the next year, Texas travels to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So, so <laughs> you know, you look at those marquee matchups, yeah. and you know, look at Notre Dame and Georgia. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Georgia won both, but in twenty nineteen, fantastic games. Both were fantastic. Both were fantastic, games. but the atmosphere. Yes, uh, Brian Kelly said it himself. That night in Athens, the the, sta- the the stadium was so loud, and the the fans had an actual impact on the game because right. the intent, the stakes in that game, it right. was so loud. Hell, you created ter- you created penalties from the fans. The, the football team didn't even have to do anything. The fans helped them out. Yeah. So you hey, get that kind of environment. It's it's right. beautiful for college football. Right. Hey, I'm I'm all for the, the those out of conference games. I, I would be I would be in favor. It, it's because I do believe the 18 playoff is coming. I, I just I, the expansion yeah, is going to happen because money talks. I mean that's just the fact. But uh, what to me I and I don't want to do the the conference championship champion team gets an automatic bid. You realize last year and I know last year was a COVID year, it's a weird year. But Oregon finished the season four and three. Yep. And was the Pac-12 champions? Yeah, they were four and three, and they—I think they were twenty-fifth ranked. Right. I mean, so I—I I mean, do yeah. we really want them in the playoff? Well, and based off of that one year, you would look at it and say no. Right. Uh, you know, but looking into the situation, I think with a, re- a full regular season game, you know, what's what could have happened, right? I think right. it's a, what could have would have here. We're playing some what ifs, obviously, because yeah. uh, you know we don't really have a because last year was a, a different year. But uh, I just—I'm afraid that it would it would water the playoffs down just a little bit and it could take away. Let's say, let's just use this as an example. Clemson and Georgia play the first game of the year. Let's say this year is the first year of the 18 playoff. All right. Let's say Georgia wins the first game of the year against Clemson. Clemson also loses, let's just say one more game throughout the year. Georgia goes undefeated or maybe loses the album. It doesn't matter. But Clemson gets that, Last spot in the college football playoff, and let's say Georgia's went undefeated, they get the the number one seed. So now they're going to play each other again. We've already seen it, you know. Well, I mean, sure. like you know, I, I, I'm can just happen gonna, too. I, yeah, I look I mean, at it that way. It, 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 that that could happen, especially with the way that these non-conference matchups are starting to line up throughout the country. I mean, Auburn's playing Penn State this year up in Happy Valley, so. Uh, there's a lot of different matchups that are happening in the non-conference schedule, and we could get some repeats, especially – I mean, if, if, if Clemson and Georgia are going to play in the regular season, there's a good chance if we expand to eight, they could play in the playoffs too. And, I, you know, honestly, for you, you look at the financials of it, you know, that's – nonetheless, it's a rivalry game, Clemson-Georgia rivalry game, so I would love to see it anyway. 
But right, the thing yeah. about it is, for instance, Georgia Clemson play week one, right? We play September 4th. The outcome of that game could be completely different Absolutely. given the entirety of the season and mm-hmm. meeting back in the playoffs. Obviously, yep. the stakes are higher. There's a completely different seasons happen. So think you're, you're going to see different situations. All circumstances are changed for the most part. Uh, neutral sites, things like that. So, you know, what, what seems to be a replay, you know, depending on the situation, could be a completely different thing. And to your point with the with the uh, schedules, Georgia alone, like I said it before, you got Clemson, Oklahoma, and you've got Ohio State, right? That's just three of the programs that we've set up homes and homes and, and games with. Those are all playoff games. Those are all playoff games, and you're seeing them in the regular season. So, you know, you may – who's to say you may see a replay? But right. you're still going to have a good game because both teams should be elite. Now, you know, depending on the situation, they're years ahead, you know, years from now. But, you know, I, I'm expecting Georgia to stay relevant and elite. I, I think mm-hmm. you have to, and I think Oklahoma's going to do the same thing. Right. This, this, the, the program branding is going to keep them relevant. Kids are going to want to go there because they get put in the NFL. The right. reason why they go to Bama, why they go to Ohio State, receivers go to Ohio State, why, you know, why linebackers go to Georgia. Running backs go to Georgia. Shit like that is going to keep the teams relevant. But, right. you know, you also look at, you know, these other teams and, you know, you've got to step up. And I, smaller markets, I get it. It can be done. So, you know, what you see could be a playoff, or, you know, replays in the playoffs. But I still think you're getting a better football because most of the teams that are in there probably earned it. You know, right. and if, even if you lost, it's probably close enough to where, you know, you should still be in there. So, I mean, you're going to have that kind of situation, I think. There's no question about it. But like I said, use the BCS system. The yeah, BCS I, system I would be in never favor gave us a bad game. I agree with you. I agree with you. But what, what's funny is is one of the reasons we went away from the BCS is because of the the rematch that Alabama and LSU had in 2011. We can't, and, we can't say this, though. We know this. We both know this. That year, Bama and LSU were the – two best teams and it wasn't even close. Right, yeah. It was not even close. Just tell right. just telling, look at the damn NFL rosters now and how <laughs> many of those guys from those teams are still playing big time football. Right. That, that just yeah. tells you that that year it was deserved. It was right. merited that those teams played the hell you what LSU won by a field goal. Yeah, 9 to now, 6. y'all should have won because you missed several, but nonetheless, right. y'all got a kicker now. So that's yeah. good. But <laughs> you, you look at that game, it was decided by a field goal in overtime. Right. Then you go, and this is where the play, the replay came in. A completely different ball game. Come the national title game, twenty-one mm. nothing. Didn't even get to half. Fit, didn't even get over halfway uh, on the half line, or well, halfway Midfield. to the end zone. Didn't yeah. get on their side of the ball till after the halftime. Right. It was a complete utter disaster for LSU. But at the time, those teams were literally sitting there heads above everybody else that that right. year. Right. That year, no question. Right, but so, and that's what I'm saying. Like, in the, give us good games. Right, yeah, I agree. I see, and I, and I think you're right, and I, that's why I like that system. But it's funny that we're we're talking about expanding the system that we that uh, that could give us more uh, rematches when we're coming out of a system that we're currently in because we didn't want to have rematches <laughs> like well, we did in the know, tournament. Look, man, human nature, human nature, right. it's a revolving circle. It's going to happen. <laughs> But yeah, and, and and I'm I'm okay with the expansion, but I I do I do think we're going to have to, you know, do something about the regular season. 
uh, maybe cut it down to 10 games if we're going to expand to eight teams in the playoff, which I would be perfectly fine with if that's what they want to do. And, you know, that's that's what's going to happen. I do think they need to, to trim the regular season down just a bit. I think, I think you take away one regular season game. I think you keep your rivalry games because, you know, right. I was listening and, – and, and this – I was listening to the J Boy show. I'm gonna shout out oh, your yeah. J Boy show. Yeah. He had a, he was talking with uh, Josh Pate about this, and it's about mm-hmm. the same situation. And, and it was brought up about the Iron Bowl. If there if the ramifications for the kick six, right? The kick six. If if it wouldn't have pushed Bama out of the playoffs, would it have mattered less? No, I, in my opinion, I don't think it was because the robbery is so deep. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it still doesn't matter whether if you know what I mean. Like if Bama was still going to make the playoffs, it would not have mattered less or more. I think it would have been the same situation because the rivalry is so bad. But on that note, um, Stacy, I'm gonna have to let you go. But I saw uh, you're having some issues with your uh, PC, so yeah. I don't want to keep you much longer. I know I don't want you to dial for me here. Uh, <laughs> before you go, uh, sorry to cut you off. Uh, before you go, let people know where they can find you and. Uh, yeah, just yeah. go ahead and tell yourself where you can find them. Yeah, you can follow my personal Twitter at Blackwood89, and our podcast is at Tide Talk Pod. And you can find us on all the podcast platforms. We would appreciate a subscription and a listen, even if you are a Georgia fan. So uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. It was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. Hey, man, you know, it's always a pleasure having you on. Um, you know, just I look forward to doing this again. I, I think with Bama and Georgia, it's almost a given that it's going to happen at some point. I think you have to. Uh, just two huge schools going at it and just talking, yeah. man. It's always fun. So, yes, hey, sir. thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. You have a good one. Hey, you too. See you. All right. All right, guys. Before we go, got a new tradition. And if you're on the video, you're about to see the start of a new tradition for the show. Um, I've been waiting for this. I, I'm excited about it. But I'm going to show you the new tradition starting whenever this happens next. But the commitment chain, guys. Bringing on the commitment chain anytime, anytime we get a commitment, the next episode, this bad boy is going to be out in full effect. And we're going to talk about that commitment. So whether that be from the transfer portal, whether it be the actual commits, hey, we're going to talk about them, and we're going to have this chain on and rock in full effect. So, you know, that is the uh, that is the big reveal. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to hype up myself. I love I love the commitment chain. It's nice. It feels good on you. It feels good. So, you know, looking at that right there, you know. But for right now, guys, that's all we've got. Uh, I'm, I hope everybody enjoyed the content today. Um, and on that note, though, guys, uh, go dogs, and I'll see you soon. <laughs>